0: Hey everybody, it's Pastor Doug Burch here, and you're listening to the Fairly Spiritual Show. So, I'm going to talk about something controversial today. Uh, curious George, I think he was a mislabeled monkey. A lot of things wrong about that monkey. I don't even know if he was a monkey. People have pointed out to me he didn't even have a tail. Um, you know, maybe not curious is the right word. Maybe uh, dumb, misguided unsupervised? We're going to talk about Curious George today. Also, we're going to talk about living according to the spirit or according to the flesh on today's Fairly Spiritual Show. Another Enough- listening to the Wednesday totally podcast edition of the Fairly Spiritual Show. we bring you new content twice a week once we're on once a week we're on the radio on Fridays on 6:30 a.m. KCIS in the Seattle area. Uh, that goes into podcast form as well and then on Wednesdays we just have a podcast so there's twice a week that you can avoid us and really, if you are a faithful listener, you must listen to both shows. Every week, or really, you don't love us or love God. No, no, that's we're a grace-filled place. Um, You still must listen to both shows every week, but I'm not going to question whether you love God or love us. But uh, I appreciate you listening today. Uh, I'd I'd love it if you'd go to fairlyspiritual.org. That is the website, and if you'd pick up my book, *The Community of God: A Theology of the Church from a Reluctant Pastor*, uh, you can order a signed copy there. That's more expensive than if you get it through Amazon. Uh, So only order it there if you want a signed copy, and again, it goes down in value, so I don't know why you'd want to do that, but you can can order a signed copy, and I will mail it to you and sign whatever you want on it, Uh, or you can just go to Amazon and pick up a copy, and I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, I'd love for you to read it. Uh, Pastors, ministry leaders, hermits, um, I haven't found anyone who doesn't like it, so um, by the way, don't test me on that, but I'd love for you to read it. Uh, also, we need people to donate to keep the radio show on the air. We need about oh, $100 a week to come in uh, to keep the radio show on the air. Right now, that's not happening, so it'll go off the air in a few months if we don't bring in more money. But that's okay. Um, God will provide. Uh, on today's show, uh, a couple things I want to talk about. Uh, I have some thoughts about Curious George. This might offend some of you. Sorry about that, but i want to. I, I, I got to speak my truth. Uh, but also I want to talk, uh, we're going to transition from Curious George to talking about um, being led by the flesh or led by the spirit. Uh, here's, you want to learn a couple of Greek words? You want to learn some Greek and we can all think we're really important here? So here's two Greek words. Um, well, actually, I guess this would be three Greek words. Kata means according to. And so that's your first Greek word. Let's all say it together. Kata, that's according to. And we got katanuma, katanuma is according to the spirit, or katasarka, katasarka, which would be according to the flesh. And I'm not going to spell it out for you because I'll probably just say it wrong as I'm talking to you. But katanuma, according to the spirit, or katasarka, according to the flesh. And we'll talk about living. Are you living according to the flesh? Uh, according to the flesh, katasarka or katanuma. By the way, don't Google katasarka because you get a bunch of weird websites about according to the flesh that have nothing to do <laughs> with <laughs> biblical Greek. Now, I shouldn't even say that to you because then some of you are like, I'm going to Google that and see what it says. Uh, but before we get into that, maybe something you know a little bit more controversial is I want to talk about uh, Curious George. I think uh, George the monkey. Uh, by the way, I I was talking to some people about this on Twitter, and you can follow me at Fairly Spiritual. Uh, he's he's not even a monkey; he doesn't have a tail. I guess monkeys have tails. People said he's an ape, uh, but I don't I don't want to get into that because I'm I'm kind of primitive in my primate knowledge. But I think George is a mislabeled monkey. He's not curious. He he just isn't. And and here's here and I, again. I, I'm sorry, some of you're gonna be offended, and it's a beloved children's book. But he, right off the bat, here's a sign he's he's not a curious monkey. They they you know, the man with the yellow hat, and I'm gonna get into that that whole thing in just a second, but you know that's odd. We all know that's really odd. Even as a kid, when they go the man with the yellow hat, and you're like, this guy just wears yellow all the time and doesn't even have a doesn't even have a name. I'm just supposed to believe that and move on, but you move on, right? Because you're focusing on George. But but you know he puts George in a bag cuz you know monkeys just love to be smuggled and put in a bag cuz that's how a children's story should be like just about a happy monkey smuggler but again I'm not going to talk <laughs> about the man with the yellow hat who just happens to smuggle baby monkeys for fun but anyway he takes George off of that uh island which I'm sure he loved being at and uh George is on the ship and the first thing the first curious George book does is George sees birds flying. And as a kid, you see see the picture, and George sees the birds. I think it's seagulls. They're flying. And George is, like, curious, right? They say curious. It's the first misuse of curious. You know, he's curious that he sees the birds flying, and George is like, I'm going to try to fly. And we just take this at face value, and George flaps his wings, and, uh, you know, what happens? falls into the ocean, almost drowns, They pull him out of the water, and it's the first time where all the people are, you know, smiling like, oh, you're so curious, George. But here's the problem. There were birds on that island. Like, you know, George, every day of George's life, he saw birds fly. And so the fact that he was on a ship, that didn't mean there were, like, more birds at sea. Like, islands are surrounded by the sea. So so that means George probably... Every day saw birds flying and tried to fly and and maybe fell on his you know little monkey head, I don't know like every day a couple times a day. So right, right away there, that is not an issue of curiosity. Uh, George probably should be called a dumb monkey, like George the dumb monkey. But we don't we don't want to. Okay, you're getting upset with me. Maybe he's not a dumb monkey. Maybe he's just a monkey. And that's the bigger issue. Is if you look at this book, the man with the yellow hat gets away with everything because he he continually leaves George unsupervised. The book should maybe be called The Man with the Yellow Hat who for some reason continually leaves a somewhat not-so-smart monkey unsupervised and he gets in lots of trouble. I, okay, the sentence is getting a long, the title is getting long, but repeatedly, you know, he leaves George alone. George causes pretty severe damage that really could have caused major trouble. And then somehow George fixes the problem that he, you know, caused. And then everybody smiles and laughs. And then the man with the yellow hat just goes, Oh, you know, he's just a curious monkey. It's not my fault that I just let a monkey roam around that I smuggled <laughs> from an island. And again, he's a monkey smuggler. Let's let's just settle that there. What I'm really trying to say here is... Uh, oh, and by the way... um. In a couple of the other books, there's a whole book where they take George to a hospital and he has a drug trip. He gets caught in ether and he almost dies of an ether overdose. And again, it's like, oh, George, he's just so curious. Not that he is an unsupervised monkey wandering around a human hospital. A very troubling book. But what I'm I'm really trying to say, oh, uh, George smokes a pipe great for the kids. Uh, He puts in the mind of every kid the belief that if you just got enough balloons in your hands, you could certainly, you know, float off into the air, or at least maybe you could jump off the roof with those balloons. By the way, kids don't do that. You need more balloons than your parents are ever going to buy you. But there's just so many just terrible lessons that Curious George teaches us. The only thing it really teaches us is if if you change the words, you can convince people of anything, which really every politician probably should read Curious George, or they already have. What I'm trying to say here, people, is I love Curious George. You can't get me not to love it. I love the pictures. I, I just enjoy it. And uh, I hope you know that I'm not trying to tear down this beloved children's story that just really, when you when you get deeper, it doesn't make any sense, including that they give all all the zoo animals balloons, even though they are choking hazards. So I was thinking about Curious George and the mislabeling and how, you know, sometimes... if you just categorize something one way, people will just take it at that value. Like, oh, all this behavior is just curious. It's just all part of his curiosity, which I think we could all agree upon, whether he's a dumb monkey. You say, well, he was able to paint and do other things. Well, okay, maybe he's not dumb, but he's clearly a monkey and he's clearly unsupervised. Uh, In the Christian life, I think sometimes if we got right down to it, A lot of the stuff that we do in life, a lot of our prayer requests, a lot of our problems, if we got right down to it, uh, we are labeling them the wrong way. And if we really looked at it, it's much deeper than what we really want to focus in on. And, And I think some of the problems in our life, or many of the problems in our life, are this. We're living katasarka instead of katanuma. Said, oh good. I thought this whole podcast was just gonna be about Curious George. There's two kinds of people. Some people are like, I just want the whole podcast to be about Curious George, but others are like, I make it through that to get to this point. But regardless, my goal is to displease everyone. But anyway, you know, we we we're actually, you know, coming, we have our prayer requests, we have our complaints, our frustration. And we're labeling our life with all these, you know, I think this is my problem, and that's my problem, and if I just had more of this, and if I just had more money, and if I just had a better relationship, and if I just had a better church, and if I just had better friends, and and we have all these things that we think are the problem, but we're really labeling the problem the wrong way. The real problem is we are living according to the flesh and not according to the Spirit. And because we've not learned to live according to the Spirit, we continually find ourselves in the same problems. Or in George's case, there's many, many books written because the same unsupervised reality occurs. We're living according to the flesh. Now, this is talked about in a few places by the Apostle Paul, but in Romans 8, if you read all of Romans 8, it talks about living according to the flesh, katasarka, or according to the spirit, katanuma. But this Romans 8, 5, let's look at this. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. We're going to talk about what that means, to set the mind on the Spirit versus the flesh, when we come back. Hey, this is Pastor Doug Bursch, and I would love it if you pick up my book, The Community of God, A Theology of the Church, from a Reluctant Pastor. Yes, I'm talking to you. I think it'll encourage you. So you can go to Amazon.com. Uh, there's an audible form, a digital form, a print form, so many ways to avoid it. You can also go to my website, FairlySpiritual.org, to find out more information. And this show, the radio show, the podcast, this ministry... It stays going because of your generous donations. So please, if you can, could you donate to keep this ministry going? It matters. Your support matters greatly. I, I can't overemphasize how much you make a difference in this ministry. Go to fairlyspiritual.org. All right. Well, today we're talking about how we label things, how we look at things, and how the way we label things influences whether we really deal with the problem, whether it's the mislabeling of Curious George or it's the mislabeling of our lives. What's really the problem? And I was looking at Romans 8 and um, Romans 8 5, and Paul says at Romans 8 5, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit set their mind on the things of the spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. You know Our sins died at the cross, we died with Christ, and so we no longer live. The life we live is with Christ. So he says, but if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead now dwells in us. So he says in verse 11, if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. I just got to read more. I, was, I just wasn't just was going to read as much, but this is so good. He says, so then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. And that's really practical. He's not just saying, you know, if you live according to, you know, the flesh, like sexual sins. And, you know, we think about all like fleshly in the most, you know, salacious terms. He's just saying, you know, these bodies are going to die. Our flesh is going to die. If you live the best fleshly life, you're going to die. If you just live for the flesh, you'll die. So he says, if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs and heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Now, there's so much in Romans 8, and it's talking more than what I'm focusing on just here. The idea that we don't live according to the law and our righteousness is not based on regulations and rules. But there's also a principle here about how we live now that we are Christians. Now that we have died to ourselves, that through the cross of Jesus Christ, He is our sins were crucified on the cross, and we died with him, and there was a death. Our sins died with him. We died with him. And so in our salvation, we died, and now we live our life through him. And we live our life through him, through the leading and the power of the Holy Spirit. Last week I talked about we live our life the way Jesus lived his life on earth, through the favor of the Father and through the power of the Holy Spirit, or the leading of the Holy Spirit. Just as Jesus in the baptism lived his life in this way, the dove descended upon him and led him, so it's the leading of the Spirit. And the Father said, this is my Son, and him I am well pleased. That's how we live our life, out of the pleasure of the Father and the leading of the Holy Spirit. We don't live according to the flesh, according to what our flesh desires. We live according to how the Spirit leads us. And I I just want to spend some time here very practically to talk about what it means to be led by the Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord is close to you. If you have Christ with you, you have the Spirit of the Lord close to you. And if you've yielded to the fullness of the Spirit to say, I yield completely, I want to be led by your spirit. I don't want to be led by the law. I don't want to be led by rules and regulations. I don't want to be led by my own fleshly desires. I want to surrender completely to the fullness of the leading of the Holy Spirit. When you do that, then you have access to this amazing reality daily in your life to be able to know and do the will of God in part. And I want to just give you some ways to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, some very practical ways. And this is about as practical as you're going to hear me get on this show. So you want to take notes? Get out uh, your your pen and paper or start taking notes on your phone. But if you're driving, uh, again, don't get in an accident, okay? So first one, start asking God yes or no questions. The Holy Spirit is close to you, but sometimes we don't ask God yes or no questions to allow God to inform our life and the decisions we're making. And I'm serious in this. Ask God yes or no questions. Questions like this. Next time you're in an argument with your spouse. Let's say you've had an argument and you got mad and you went in the other room and you're just in a bad place and you're you're just not talking and you're upset. Ask God this question. Should I go back in the other room and say I'm sorry? Should I apologize? Yes or no? Yes or no? Should I go back in the other room and start up the conversation again? Yes or no? Should I say I'm sorry? Yes or no? And you can even do this. Just go, just start saying yes, 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 no, no, yes, no, yes. And what you'll find is you'll know what to do. You'll find a yes rise up in you or a no rise up in you. Should I keep lecturing the kids right now? You're in a place, you've been lecturing them in the car and there's just a lot of tension in the car, and just stop and say, "Lord, should I keep lecturing them now? Should I keep on this track? Should I keep doing what I'm doing? Yes or no. Yes or no. Yes or no. No, no. Should should I do something else? Yes or no. Yeah, yes. Do do something else. You'll you'll find God's leading, and then you know. Well, what should I do next, uh, boy? Should, should we should we just, you know, should we go just stop in at that? McDonald's over there and just take a break and just do something else and start loving on each other. And If you literally begin to ask God questions, he'll begin to inform your decision-making. Begin to ask God questions, yes or no questions. Should I call my mother, yes or no? Should I make things right with that friend, yes or no? There's someone listening right now, and and there's questions you don't want to ask God because you know he'll give you the answer. Should I restore that relationship? Should I go back and say I'm sorry? Yes or no? Should I go across the street and say I'm sorry? Yes or no? Should I at least go and say goodbye to that person I never said goodbye to? Yes or no? Yes or no. And God will show you yes or no. Trust me on this. It's amazing. Because what happens when you ask yes or no, suddenly you're not just in isolation. You're acknowledging the fact that God is with you at all times. And God has an opinion about your next step. So there's one way, just yes or no. Here, Here's another way to be able to be led by the Spirit. Uh, and I call this... Um, Basically, see see what you're about to do, and and I'm not talking about like projecting some sort of reality, but just close your eyes and see what you're supposed to do next, or in your mind, imagine what you're supposed to do next. Like if you're really stuck, like you you just don't know what to do, see what you're supposed to do next. Like Lord, show me what I'm supposed to do next. It's it's kind of like a foreshadowing, a shadow that goes before you. What am I supposed to do next? And God will begin to show you things. I've seen this where there's just, you know, tension in the household and I'm not connecting with my kids and I am like, I, I just kind of close my eyes or I go in the other room and I just, Lord, show me what I'm supposed to do next. And I'll see myself wrestling on the floor with my younger son or I'll see myself playing a board game with one of my kids or I'll see myself going over and and touching my wife's shoulder or kissing her on the cheek. See what you're doing next. Like if you're driving in the car right now, see what you're going to do when you come home. And then just let God lead you forward. And even if the person doesn't respond the way you thought they were going to respond, see what you're going to do next. And there's something in this, again, where you're making room for God, right? You're making room for God to lead you and not for your passions to lead you, but you're you're making room in every decision that, Lord, I want this to be a godly step. I want this to be a step led by you. So ask yes or no questions. See God lead you forward. Here's another way to be led by the Spirit, and, and I think this will greatly open up your heart Whenever you're in community, whenever you're in church, whenever you're just in, a, in, a, in a, a lull, when you're in a place you kind of don't know what to do, look up and look around you and look at someone else in the room. Like Just scan the room and look for somebody else in the room who's alone or isolated. Just look and have God show you the room the way God sees the room. Do this at church. Next week, if you, if you go to church next week or if you haven't gone to church, because church is not really about you. As a Christian, Like if you're waiting for someone to call you, like you haven't gone to church in a while and you're waiting for someone to call you to notice you, you don't understand what community is yet because there are people waiting for you to love them. So if you want to find the reality of church, is show up next week, maybe come a little earlier, and stay a little later and look around the room and find someone who's just kind of alone. And then just pray and ask the Lord, what should I do? And the Lord will show you how to love that person. It might just be coming over and saying, hi, how are you doing? It might just be doing things that are natural to you. Or maybe they're not natural to you. It can be as simple as welcoming them. It can be as simple as asking them questions. Giving a hug. Of coming into the room and just seeing the room is not about your needs, but about what God is doing through you, that that Christ is walking into the room when you walk into that room. That the room is going to find Christ through you. I found that this helps me greatly when I go to pastor's conferences. I realize that sometimes pastor's conferences are not that easy, right? They're uh, someone up front who's telling you what your church should do or should, shouldn't do, and you just get overwhelmed with it, right? And so what I decided to do a long time ago is I would go to any pastor's conference or any denominational conference, and I would try at some point during the conference to look around and find a person who's alone, find a pastor who I can just tell is struggling. And I would just pray for them and ask the Lord to show me, like, what do they need? And it's amazing what happens when you take your eyes off yourself. It's amazing what happens when you just ask someone a question like, How are you doing? Can I pray for you? Hi, my name's Doug. What's your name? So where are you from? It's amazing how your life can have so much more meaning, so much more depth, so much more purpose, so much more spirit-led intention when you look up. And you look at the rest of the people in the room. If you want to be spirit-led, then you have to open your heart to what the spirit sees. And God is always seeing something bigger than just you. And God is actually working through you for the purpose of blessing the rest of the people on the face of the earth. And and the last thing I'd give you, and there's many other things we could talk about, but besides just asking yes or no questions, or besides uh, just seeing what you're going to do before you do it, are looking up and looking around the room to see the needs of someone else or someone else in the room. Another great way to be spirit led is to open your heart to a prayer request or to an idea or to a person that you haven't thought of before. One of the problems is we get stuck in our lists. We have our lists. This is what we come to the Lord with. I need this job. I need, you know, there's this mortgage, there's this sickness, and it's an important list. It's not a bad list. They're the things that are most important to us, right? But we get so stuck with our list. We get so stuck with the things that we think are most important to bring to the Lord that we don't see the bigger picture. And I'll tell you, one of the best ways to activate this spirit-led life is just to open your heart to other people and other things, and other ideas, and other prayer requests, and just to stop and just just literally open your mind, is there someone else I should be praying for? Is there some other thought I should be praying about? Is there some other person? And And I've been amazed at how my prayer life, and not only my prayer life, but from that prayer life, how actions begin to follow, because I pray about people that are not me, and I think about things that are not on my plate, And how that prayer leads to action and leads to me doing stuff as well. These are all ways to be led not according to the flesh, my desires, my wants, my needs. But to be led according to the Spirit. I bet you the Lord has some ways that he would like you to be open to the leading of the Spirit. Maybe write those things down as well. We all can grow. We all get to grow in this wonderful relationship that's not based on laws and rules and regulations, but it's based on relationship, we can all grow in our katanuma, our according-to-the-spirit relationship with God. Maybe we're mislabeling the real struggles with our life. Maybe the reason we're getting into struggles and problems is not because of the way, reasons we think it is, but it's because we've cut ourselves off from this leading that God wants to do in our life. We've cut ourselves off from this daily relationship that is provided to us through the leading of the Holy Spirit. Something to think about and pray about this week. I love you guys, and I appreciate you listening to this show. All right. Hey, I'd love it if you'd go to my website, fairlyspiritual.org. You can donate to keep the radio show on the air. And then also uh, you can pick up my book, The Community of God the theology of the church from a reluctant pastor. Make room for the Lord and make room for a better dialogue in this frequently bitter world. I'll see you next time. Enough.